0: Blop, 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 blop. I did recently <laughs> listen to it. We got a great theme song. We hope you enjoyed that for the 54th time. That's right. Because here we are. In episode 54. 54. Whoa. Who's Mike Myers when you need him? And not <laughs> Michael Myers. Mike no, no, no. was the, a, the Canadian. 54. Very few people saw that movie, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> well, we've How got anyways, a doozy. We've got a wait. doozy for you. We do. Bow Part 2. Um, Both part we're gonna 2. We're going to dip not only to having seen it, but we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the shorts we watched, see where there's yeah. overlap, because I think there's considerable overlap thematically and even, like, literal things that happen on the screen or are shown on the yes. screen.
1: agreed. And so as been. always, we are going to spoil the hell out of this movie, so if you do not want it spoiled or if you haven't seen it yet, come back. Come back for this one.
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, you can listen to the last one, though, as long as you've seen Hereditary and Midsummer. Uh, Correct. But yes, let's talk, <laughs> Bo, before Bo-way. anything, I'm just curious, in his feature films, where does it fit for you of the three? Oh, wow. What's your you ranking? Know, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about that until you just
1: asked me that. I think Hereditary is still my favorite. I may have um, enjoyed this a little bit more at times than Midsommar, just because it's completely... Different. This is uh, this is more of a dark comedy than either of those other films. So I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say it's still
0: Hereditary, Midsommar, then is Interesting. I wonder if yeah. a second screening will change that for you because yes, having yes. seen. Hereditary that second time, it made me like it that much more. That being said, for me, it's Midsommar, Bo, and then Hereditary. Wow. I know.
1: Wow. Wow. I
0: love them all, though, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna cramp on anyone's parade here, because they're all amazing. Let's, um, but let's talk, okay, this is his last installment. We both watched Rick. his first short film ever that he did um, for the American Film Institute there uh, in Los Feliz, California, uh, a.k.a. Hollywood. It, And, um, it's called Herman's Cure-All. Yeah, this, this, uh,
1: this felt... uh, ...certainly a lot better than a lot of student films I've ever seen before. However, this doesn't feel like him. This one feels the least like him. This one feels like he just wanted to make kind of like a... ...a horror movie, uh, a grotesque body horror movie. Um, it kind of reminded me of the, the French film um, Delicatessen in that sense. And I don't know. I, I, I think that his uh, his directing style wasn't there yet.
0: Oh, well, yes. I completely agree. This is going to uh, be a little amateurish. That being said, I could see him in it. I could, specifically with, with themes and even the way uh, there was camera movement, the way that it panned sometime. And, and its focus is, um, you wanna give a brief synopsis of this mofo here? Cause it's, yeah, it, it just it's in its pr- surreal weirdness is very Ari Aster, so you gotta give it that. Yeah, I, I think it's as simple
1: as a uh, an employee at a drugstore, uh, his father was the pharmacist, now he's taking over, the father is still on site. I don't know, do they live there <laughs> in the back room? His father sleeps in a chair and watches uh, old TV shows in the back. And Herman runs the counter. He is the pharmacist uh, up front, and his clientele mostly this one woman is a terrible person. So I, I, I well, see she was certain... a terrible
0: person until the cure all. Yeah, but um, then she becomes a terrible person again once the cure all wears that's off. That's true. Um, interestingly, uh, yeah, the back area of this pharmacy, uh, you know, if, to me it felt like a Lynch movie to a degree. Racer had to ask, "This is is really." dark and dank and and the way he procures this cure-all is so disgusting um yeah. I'm not actually sure what it is uh th- we're gonna spoil the the shorts too obviously yeah uh, yeah but he's kind of a, he's kind of a timid dude in the way Bo is right this is not a very self-assured character Herman and like Bo he is also kind of a A nepo baby of sorts it's a legacy business that he is benefiting from Um, in the same way Bo he lives in the building that his mom uh, erected, right right? so he Uh he has that benefit he's not self-made men here both of them and they're both very it would seem insecure and struggle to communicate with their parent but the way in which he gets this cure-all is is really nasty so tell me do you ever find anything other than lint in your belly button?
1: <laughs> God, uh, you know, so far it's just been that, uh, I, I don't, I could, I wasn't like grossed out necessarily. Cause it just seemed like, well, eh, this is, this is like a, a fun concept, but there's no, there's no thought around, um, what it could be, and and, and how it actually affected the, the one client in a positive way, so, I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to just be another psychological head thing. This woman just thought that this was working better. Oh, like a
0: placebo? I mean, yeah. we, just to be clear, people, he had some oozing liquid coming out of his belly button that Herman would collect in vials and call it a cure-all. And it was kind of like a weird, see, foamy green. Um, to me, I, I immediately went back to like that episode of Cabinet of Curi- Curiosities where mm-hmm. uh, the, the pus was some sort of a oh, uh, right. cure the, for uh... people, some sort of antibiotic. So you have this, his, yeah. his father's disgusting too, this bloated guy who's washing, I think, was it Growing Pains? Because they heard the, Show me that's mine, <laughs> that smile. Uh, yeah, yeah, later later on, it's Growing Pains. <laughs> um, his father is,
1: is terrible to him. His father is
0: uh, critical of his work. I mean, he's a jerk. But what I don't understand is that, how then Herman is able to, you know, jack this tube into the <laughs> belly button and essentially make him this machine for the goo without the guy he doesn't seem to come to except at the very beginning so is it possible right. that now he's being sedated by herman that's unclear to me um but what yeah, i want again is we have the relationship between parent and child forefront and a demented one at that yeah yeah that's definitely the the
1: comparison I would pull, like, from his, certainly his first short film into his, almost all of his projects about this family relationship or dynamic. This this film, however, um yeah, I think it was exploratory and seeing,
0: you know, what he could almost get away with. Yeah, but, but I completely agree. Uh, but there are some, like, nice little subtle moments w- when he's kind of, like, just fixing up the pharmacy, the way he just, like, taps in the toothpaste, the boxes toothpaste you... box so they're in a line. It's that yeah. meticulousness uh, that, you know, speaks to Esther. Um, so we watched a couple other ones. Let's talk about Munchausen next, because that one is another one that overtly deals with the relationship between a parent and a child. This time... Um, we have the mother and the son, which is yeah. definitely more akin to Bo. Right, right. I was going to
1: say the same thing. Is that this one feels the most like Bo uh, about a, a controlling mother? Um, which you know, there is a, a cure all in this one as well. You know, That's she's got true. the two different. Uh, she's got the one that makes you sick and the one that brings right. you back. I, I thought this was. I, I kind of uh, had a, a lot like. Most short films, you don't really know what to expect when you're when you're getting into it. You don't really read like, a, "What is this about?" You sort of yeah. just, right, you Which, know, yeah, I consume love. it. But I, I thought this one was was really really well directed and edited and thought out. I thought, you know, from between uh, Herman's Cure all to this, he had he had come a long way as far as finding his direction and uh, and voice. This one almost felt like a Depressing take on Toy Story Four, where Andy <laughs> yes. is going off, very packing up comparison. his boxes. Uh, I thought, you know, this was like the extreme version of it. We see this this kid going off to college. He's very excited. He immediately fits into this world, this new world. Success after success. He finds the perfect girl. Miss It's all pulled pulled away, and we're, we're we see. A different version of it with, um, you know, what if this mother, because this whole time he's living, living it up, she is depressed and Rice. having visions and memories of her, her, her son and the time they had together, and decides to start poisoning, right, her son to get ill so he can't leave,
0: right. So essentially, what what I saw is because she's watching him uh, pack up all the boxes. She has this, I think it's her hallucination about yeah. how well he would do knowing how, what an amazing her. son he is. Right. He's gonna find the perfect girl, get the perfect job, have an amazing experience, and then she's gonna be left in the dust with her husband that doesn't really seem to pay much attention <laughs> to her. <laughs> right. So then we wind Which back is... to right in the present where she's like, I'm not gonna let this happen. And then she goes and gets her little little vial of um <laughs> yeah, stick I don't drops. know why why somebody
1: would own this product, but it it is a very deliberate uh,
0: (laughs) poison. (laughs) And like a good mother, she makes him a turkey sandwich with provolone, and then, I don't A know why she put it on the cheese, death. you know? It just was weird where she put the drops to me. Yeah, you know, the... wouldn't you just put it on the bread and let the bread absorb it? <laughs> the wet meat? So it, I don't know.
1: It just, who likes wet cheese? It just, this yeah, mom mistake. sucks at making sandwiches. Poison sandwiches, had...
0: not her forte. And clearly the soup she makes him later where she puts the cure-all was Campbell's yeah. tomato because it just looked, Let I me mean, no offense that's Campbell. She,
1: but... she barely gets it in his mouth and
0: she he spills it up all over his chest. And, yes, yes. And, uh, but she kills him. I mean that's what it boils down to. Yeah. That being said, not before we get um old Frank Frank Murray uh in there as the doctor who rides his bike.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he does house calls. The guy's, the guy's in everything. He is in everything. <laughs> He's
0: so good. From office space to yeah. A yeah. jump to conclusion, Matt. He can't he can't fix the kid. The kid is doomed, no. and ultimately the mother's dependency on her son. The infantilism that occurs here and the dissatisfaction with her own decisions ultimately in life because she realizes once he's gone, what is there for her, really? Right. Uh, she loses you know everything. What? She loses. Yeah. Not only then is she left there without uh, the love of loving husband, uh, she no longer knows that her son is off doing well and that the work she had done on him to raise him is mm-hmm. going to be. Uh, it's success. It's it's he's dead now. He's dead. He's and dead. Well, let's not not mention that Holly McLean is the mother here. We have old Bonnie Bedelia as See, the I mean, as the mother in this
1: really really great performance. I mean, she Plus, nailed yeah. this role. Um, the the thing that that jumps out at me the most about her character is especially in these doctor scenes is that she has every opportunity to confess and and you know she's got this doctor. Trying to figure out what's going on with this guy, he's looking up in, in his head, in his mouth, and then he realizes he, when he when he presses his stomach, it's like an owie. But the Do you mom feel pain it, here, and it's like yeah. excruciating. Just <laughs> a yeah. little tap, and the mom at any time could have, you know, instead of like telling the truth and saying this is exactly what's wrong with him, so the doctor could have then taken care of him. She right. watches him suffer, which is you know the whole story summed up in, in that very scene is that this mother's love is smothering yep. this poor kid and not letting him live his life. And, and those themes are all over Bo. Yes. And Bo is
0: afraid. Very much so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's obviously a lot of the dr- no. like uh, substance use in Bo too, so you got Herman's Cure All, you got substance drugs in that one, you got drugs in this one. Yeah. Um, let's move on to *Say La Vie, which we both watched as well. Um, very different than these other two. Um, this one is not explicitly dealing with the relationship between parent and child. It's more like the system versus the individual. Um, yeah. And not only that, the story is completely different. The, the style
1: here is different, where our lead actor breaks the fourth wall and he's right. talking directly to the camera, directly to you, America. And it, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought the, the the pacing of this was great. The different locations were great. The, um, the building and heightening of the characters and the extremes of what this man is doing, from starting off, uh, you know, begging uh, on the
0: corner to <laughs> to like murder in a house. Right. Yeah, I mean, just to, to set it up is essentially a homeless man. Uh, Talking to you, the privileged who get to watch him on a screen, essentially, explaining how he got there, how he was once you, how the system let him down, and ultimately set him up to become this to begin with. Um, Unlikable character, but what he's saying is all, you know, fairly uh, pointed. In a way, this one, and I also watched basically, which I feel like is a a companion piece to this, where instead of a homeless man talking to the screen explaining how they got somewhere in life, you have a very vapid actress doing it, having issues with uh, her pool, and just like stuff that you (laughs) can't relate with, in the same way you might not be able to relate with This homeless guy it's these two kind of extremes of the spectrum talking directly at you expecting you to understand um, where they're coming from and to me they're both kind of like narrative essays in a way where like he does have these political messages and these like really deep insights into culture embedded into what they're you know telling us about their own um, experience in life yeah I mean
1: I need, I need to watch basically because I love that complete flip about where someone at, is at and their life and and living in in America. Like you know, um, I imagine this this actress is probably living it up in her pool, like in Beverly Hills or or in Hollywood Hills. Well, or it's, it's
0: clear and basically she comes from money as well, yeah. and yeah. she's just dissatisfied with having a maid, sort of thing. And really manipulates those around her, and yeah, it's just very unlikable. In the same way, you know, the homeless dude is not likable either because he does end up, you know, like you said, murdering. Um, when he would (laughs) once run for mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. I wouldn't want to necessarily watch these again, but I do see them as really having a message that's worth hearing you know I could see using them mm-hmm. in a classroom you know in a way right. maybe the ones we talked about earlier not not as much um, right. but yeah they were definitely had a message and I did watch one more uh, than you mm-hmm. today called the, the thing about the Johnson's and this was a longer one this was 30 minutes the ones we've just talked oh, wow. about here are about 10 to 15 this one hit 30 and boy, can oh boy. You, yes.
1: Can I ask you where it comes in his maybe filmography? Is this after, say, Munchausen? Uh, I think
0: Munchausen was like 2015. The strange thing about the Johnsons, I missed the strange part, is 2011. Okay. The so Munchausen okay. So, was 2013. So this is two years prior oh, okay. to that. Um, Great. And also, I'm not sure if this one was, but a couple of the ones that we watched are produced by Vice, which I found very interesting because I didn't know that Vice, which is known for news, also Mm -hmm. does um, shorts, which is very cool. Uh, They gave him a platform like this, and, you know, I think it led to his getting hereditary made. Um, So yeah, the the strange thing about the Johnsons is it starts with this young man, and he is, This one is going to be a little little sensitive, Uh, topic-wise. But ultimately, he's (laughs) pleasuring himself. And his father, you know, walks in and catches him, you know, stereotypical thing, and the father gives him the whole, this is normal, this is natural, everybody does this, you shouldn't feel weird about it. I love you, son. And then the son says, you know what, you're right, I love you too, Dad. Dad leaves the room, and then we find out that he was, he has a picture of his dad in his hand, and he was jerking off to his dad. Oh, Uh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes so again we have very inappropriate relationship between um, the parent and child but then this goes on for 25 more minutes um, and we fast forward 14 <laughs> years where the son is getting married and when they're taking pictures the son has grabbing his dad's butt behind everyone else but it's very clear that the dad uh, is now uh, being abused let's put it that way his son has become this weird inverse of what we normally see where a a parent would sexually abuse their child and we have the inverse of that where you have the child that is uh doing horrific things to his father without his um wanting him to do it but not knowing how to not make it happen sort of thing uh the father goes on to just feel guilty beyond belief and he tries to write a book because the father is a poet so he has a lot of published books and he tries to write a novel, or not a novel, but a, um, a memoir, I guess, confessing what has happened to him, who his son really is. Of course, the son catches wind of it and uh, sexually abuses him even worse oh, sort of thing. Gosh. And um, it ends pretty tragically. So uh, don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, um, the dad tries to run out the door with the last copy of the book and gets hit by a truck. Not unlike somebody we see get hit by a truck. Actually, this happens in *Sailor V* too. C'est la vie the homeless as well. man gets hit by yes. a car. Bo, of course, gets hit by a truck, which everyone sees in the preview itself. Um, yeah. And then you have the mother who's kind of been, um, what do you call that, accessory to it because she knew it was happening, but wow. she kind of blind okay. herself to it happening, turn up the volume <sharp inhale> on the TV. Um, a really good inverse of what you'd normally see because you've never seen a son no. abusing his father in this nature. Um, so like in Oedipus, because again, we, I feel like we got such Oedipal undercurrents in a lot of yes. these things. Um, yes. where the father thinks he's killed the son, right? Throws him the basket in the, in the river, and then the son yeah. comes back to marry the mother. Uh, instead we have then the son who's sleeping with the father and then ultimately at the end he's killed by the mother. Uh, so it, it was really interesting in the way that it all moved and I, and I felt like it was something that we've seen, but not in this context right. before. But it was very uncomfortable. You know what I mean. It was, uh, well shot yeah. and good performances, but it was, it wasn't as fun as his films. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but those also have a disturbing nature to them, but, uh, I, I could see how this needed to be made, but I'm I'm done with it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> not for the rewatch. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But that being said. Um in all of these that we've watched, there is a lot of recurring threads, imagery, specifically also in basically. Um there is a character that's kind of standing outside of the window as she talks directly at us that's probably a homeless person. Yeah. And there's another this happens also in something and something else. I think it was the the strange things about um the Johnsons as well, where you see a figure just outside of a door pane. Just looking in, which reminds me of Jeeves just kind of standing at the window in Bo when Bo is in Tony's bedroom, the young right. woman's bedroom. Right. And the house is right. right. recovering. And so he has a lot of these, these interesting, strange imageries where, uh, you know, these these panes that you can see through, but you can't touch through, are, you know, have these significant metaphoric meaning. Because Jeeves, obviously, in Bo, he's bonkers. As he's an army yeah, vet, yeah, yeah, major to, uh, PTSD. Yes, indeed. Um, so let's talk. Let's get. Let's get into Bo here. Let's talk Bo. It pretty much has four parts, wouldn't you say? There's four main parts to Bo. Um, yeah, yeah. And the first one is where I mean, we'll, we should mention the very first sequence. Uh, Bo comes into the world, right? Yeah, birth. How did birth, you? How did people. you like this? Because I gotta say, if, I didn't. Like it as my attention getter. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. I understand. It was the womb, You know what I mean, and and getting birthed. I guess because we are following him along. It just a little cliche, you know. Well, cliche, but I honestly
1: think it was necessary. There's a, there's there's a few things going on in this opening scene that at least jumped out to me that we, Bo, the safest he's ever been is in his mother's he's in the womb. womb. Yeah. As soon as he leaves the womb, they drop him. He's on the <laughs> ground. This guy's entrance into the world is, you know, immediately a threat. The The doctors pick him up, and, and you can't really see what's going on. You're hearing all of this, and you hear um, Mona, the mother, you hear her saying, is he okay? He's not making any noise, and when they have to, right. like, they slap him. I also think there's a really great moment here where he's, you know, this is the first time he's being... Separated from his mother as well, right? she's so like there, there's the breaking of the umbilical cord. So we this is this is the start of it, right? So I understand what you mean as far as like an intention getter. It doesn't necessarily make sense until either you finish the movie or you watch yeah. it again,
0: which is because kind he kind of goes back into the womb in a way at the very end too. Yeah, the way yeah, that he the time, perishes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, 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 I get it, and it was really short enough that it wasn't that that big of a deal, and it sets the stage for it, because you get the title always afraid right after his bottom is slapped and he cries for the first time. So I get it, I get it, but I guess knowing him and how he started his other films, I just had expected something different. But that's just me, and it's fine, like you said in retrospect, it really does work. Um, Part of me wants to ask this question, and I know it's probably really far-fetched, but is it possible he dies at birth that he's dead at birth when he uh, comes out because she... he, he doesn't make a sound at first right it's not until he's slapped right. i i know it's, it's, a, it's a far-fetched theory but I, i'm just wondering given the nature of everything that occurs and the rest of the film and the surrealistic is this like a, a baby's? light flashing towards <laughs> eyes that didn't even happen sort of thing. Uh,
1: I mean of course that's possible in this in this world. I don't necessarily think that is true in this case. Right. I think there are other moments throughout this film you could also question is well, this really die. happening. Yeah. And right. uh, I think that's just a, 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 a theme setting moment. Um, yeah a lot of Ari Aster's stuff is kind of is this really happening? Was this a dream,
0: you know? Right, I had to ask the question, especially uh, after having watched Munchausen and we see this whole sequence right. where the kid goes to college and everything is right. beautiful and that didn't actually happen sort of thing. Um, right, right. I I, yeah, I know it's a little far-fetched, so <laughs> let's dive into <laughs> what happens after the credits. and Don't we start with a the therapist? There's an amazing, fun this... actor yeah. um, as his therapist who we get to see this at the, the beginning be and the end of the film. Um, and he, he's always inappropriately smiling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bo's
1: therapist, um, is basically like a double agent or, right. you know, like a, or just a, um, an employee. He's just an employee and, and we'll, we'll touch on this a lot later in this conversation. But the thing I wanted to point out though is, is that he only writes down well, he might write down two things, but the thing that he guilty. writes down first is <laughs> guilty. Yeah. And, you know, at, at the end of the movie, you go back and you think about that, and you're like, oh, he's not feeling guilty. He is guilty of not loving his mother. Like, that's the exactly. note he's taking to relay to the mother, like, oh, he's guilty. He, And the therapist is constantly setting him up for, right. um, to play into what his mother is expecting or is suspecting, is that... He doesn't truly love her to the amount that she feels is needed or deserved. And I I really feel like um, everything Bo has ever said to his therapist has never felt truly safe. That Bo has never actually had a really good relationship with this therapist because I think he's always felt uneasy that his mom could be overhearing. And then we find out later that she does know about every session
0: yes in this sense it is it is very truman show-esque yes because it's possible that anyone that we encounter is hired by the mother is hired by mona Wasserman yeah Yeah, that's a fair assessment there's one that i'm (laughs) very (laughs) curious about whether or not you think i already know what you're going to say but we'll we'll get to we'll get to that later because we're not quite, quite quite there yet but interestingly the therapist does prescribe something and Goodness knows whether or not what he's prescribing is only meant to then heighten his anxiety and his paranoia, rather than take it back a notch. Because, uh, as we see, where he lives in Karina, Karina, interestingly, um, well, the a Dylan song. Granted, it was, Dylan didn't actually write the lyrics of the song. It's an old country it's song. It's also a movie. Um, but it's also a movie. Willby Goldberg and the late Ray Liotta. Um, yeah. And I was trying connections thematically. Didn't. Didn't re- I couldn't really make a theory on that. That might just be a little Easter egg there. Right. But this city is so fun in, in how hor- horrific it is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. These one shots uh, that we have of him just walking along the street and these just terrible things occurring behind him. Um, And then he buys this little figurine that plays such a large part in the entirety of the movie of a yeah. you know, woman holding her baby, this little white porcelain figurine. Uh, What did this, this just like Ms. N. Sen, this background design, set design is so amazing. Cool. It's like nothing you could... I don't know how he dreamt it up because it is so meticulous. I know, I know. And these are
1: certainly things that we, um, in our previous episode, questioned. Like, we were talking about messing with different genres and not well, really knowing fully what to expect in this movie. And uh, this is classic Aster where there are things... Speckled in the background, in the foreground. Um basically Bo's mom like owns everything. Right. She I I think that she also manufactures the prescription drugs that Bo takes. I think this MW is on that. I think it's on the the building that he lives on i think it's the convenience <laughs> oh. store is also owned across the street is owned by mw and i think his frozen dinners are also from his mom and the the, the frozen foods which i got a good laugh of it's like a combination of hawaiian Hawaii, and, I, <laughs> Hawaii yes. and ireland the Aloha cool. <laughs> it yes. cracked me up that
0: was really but, funny
1: um but, but but to go to your point is that i think everything is by design like this this neighborhood that he lives in that's terrible is because of his mom right in one way or another i think everything that's happening to Bo is constructed
0: or directed by his mother i think that's accurate i think that also then goes back to what we were dealing with in the truman show as well um and even synecdoche new york which i I talked about before but ultimately like it's making me realize maybe this is an undercurrent uh uh sort of like satire of almost religion and Mona is God in a way, right? Yeah. And constantly yeah. watching in the way that Christoph in Truman's show was. Um, but I did want to mention some of the, the fun background, the stores and some of these things you yeah. see in the background in this crime-ridden city. Um, you got the cheapo depot where he goes and he tries to rush to get the water, and the guy's right. like, "I will right, we'll call the cops." He's like two cents short. So I'm going to call the cops on you. Yeah. Which we realize later that the cops do overreact a little bit. Um, yes. There's two peep show uh, establishments that he lives above. One's astral yeah. projection, and the other one's yep. erection injection. And um, <laughs> yeah. there and are a different, menu, like, of all the things that happen in there. Right, too. the things that you can actually see or <laughs> have done or whatever. One's called knife dick. One's I called. I uh... oh. <laughs> Pussy opened the bottle. Who doesn't want to see that happen? And then pussy inside out. Um... <laughs> And then, of course, when he falls asleep on the scaffolding after when he goes to get the water, you have this hilarious scene of everyone from the streets flooding into his apartment oh my building. God, that's all happening while he's buying the water
1: and he's trying to pay for it. It's brilliant because <laughs> he left yeah. this phone book, and it's it's that okay. Let's let's um back it up a little bit, okay? Because I'm I'm curious what you think about this scene. So when Bo it, when he comes home from the therapist, we see him like. um uh, we, we see him go to bed, and these notes keep getting passed underneath his door. Yes. That are that are just each time heightening, like, turn your music down. Uh, I asked you to turn it down, you turn it up. And this is not Bo doing this. So you have right. to, like, wonder, who is writing these notes? Then, in the next scene, when he's late, to try to get to the the airport and he's packing and he runs back to get his floss. And when he goes back to get his floss, his keys and suitcase yes. are stolen from this building. This is all before everyone floods into his building. So did his mom have his suitcase Absolutely. And keys stolen?
0: Right, to see how he would handle this, but yes. would he put his mother first? Does he love him on those? he loved her enough to leave his apartment unguarded, ultimately, Um, and he should've, because (laughs) ultimately what happened was what would've potentially happened anyways. Well, yes, Um, Mara's theory, because she noticed something that I didn't notice, was that it was the building manager himself, who obviously is definitely gonna work for for Mona, because he was also then at the end, at her fake funeral, as one of the caterers, the same actor, person, character, Um, so I think there's a good chance, because he's the one we always see in the hall, right? Yeah, he says, you're fucked. You're like, fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, it could be a combination of, uh, his mom is, like, really screwing him over, or if he didn't do it, then he's just, you know, he's screwed either way. Uh, cool. I mean, just, uh, just gotta be that guy, though, right? Because he I mean, has gotta st- be that guy,
1: comments. but think about, like, how terrible... Was this plan that his mom clearly, you know, orchestrated to keep him awake all night, to keep messing with him? When she knows the guy's on prescription drugs, he has terrible anxiety, and to have things stolen from him, just to, to, you know, push him
0: closer to her. It's a trial. She, he has to prove yeah. how much he loves her. Yes. I mean, as you see at the end, it is ultimately a exactly. ginormous trial. Um, yeah, yes. For someone who is just beyond anxious and scared of literally everything, thinking the worst thing's going to happen, and it always does, right?
1: So yeah, so he when he's you know he's got this other crazy thing going on in his head where he's told that he has to take his prescription with water, which I think water is another crazy just um, element in this movie. But when he's you know he's they turn the water off. And the building at the same time, he's got to start taking <laughs> drugs with water. I mean, this everything is pointed against this guy, everything is set up to fail. So, when he's yeah, when he's trying to pay for the water, yeah, everyone comes in and then just destroys his place. They do things that are just terrible. I think I saw like maybe a sme- smeared shit like on the wall. Oh, yeah, I mean,
0: there's crack pipes there's everywhere, a, there's and holes foot in the through wall, his
1: computer monitor that he no, continues to though.
0: <laughs> and that's but, actually how you see the town that he lived in is Karina Karina because you see the ticket and he's looking at the time Right. Yeah, right. right.
1: but he, I mean as I'm as I'm saying this I'm also now just remembering things like when I first You know sat down and I'm trying to figure out what's going on in this movie. There's also a
0: recluse There's a spider loose in the yes building. the brown recluse
1: the is brown on the recluse. loose
0: and uh, Wikipedia is, called it very. Uh, its uh, its venom is uh, medically significant. <laughs> yes, Wikipedia, according to so, Wikipedia. So this this is what I was
1: going to say when you asked me if you know maybe he died at birth. My thought at this moment was, oh, maybe he was bitten by this spider, and then everything that happens after this is now you know just a uh, crazy hallucination. Maybe he dies from that. But this might be my favorite scene. When Bo, and again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but it's still happening in the apartment, which is you know in this yeah. segment of the you know broken up into these four different major moments. But when when he finds out that his mother, this phone call he's got oh, with Bill my Hader God.
0: with the UPS is
1: just so brilliant and and, and, and like <laughs> so dark, and <laughs> he's like, maybe you dialed the wrong number, even though it's programmed. So right. like, but he dials it back, and then Bill Hader just answers. He's like, I'm so
0: sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes. I'm so sorry. This is very clear um, at that point, then. Yes, his, somebody and, has lost their face. The question is, do you think that Bill Hader was in on it? Because okay, yeah, we got to yeah, make it clear. Employee. There is a body. Somebody did die. Somebody did lose their head here uh, via the chandelier. Right, which we
1: find out later who. But like, like you just said, yes, I, I do think that he had a part to play because we learn on this phone call that her head was smashed and he doesn't know where her head is. And he's uh, asking um, Bo to describe his mother, <laughs> which is another <laughs> weird thing to ask somebody, which you have to believe that she's listening to this right. when he says, describe your mother's, you know, her physical like body. Well, first he's looking to describe her. He says, red hair.
0: Um no no no. Can you describe her physique? It's like Yeah. That's no. you know something's up with the head. No.
1: But um there's this really amazing moment as he's on the phone here. He's already been drawing himself a bath and the water flows over mm-hmm. just like it does it, and later on when we we see that. But this is my this might be my favorite scene when he sits down into the bath and then there's a man above him. <laughs> <laughs> clinging to the wall, like not to fall, There's that's have been when that we see the time. spider. Yeah, and we see the spider crawl on his face, and then this whole scene where he falls into the bath of them
0: <laughs> They're is just, just tumbling and so raffling. brilliant. It is really, really hilarious. It's the like, entire theater a was comedy. just erupting laughter at, at yes, this point. Because yes. Yes. Yeah, you know, we can't discount. This is a moment, a very uh, rare moment in the film where it does seem Joaquin Phoenix's uh, bow is relaxed he's he's immersed he's back in the womb but the outside world is about to come crashing down on him quite literally yeah and we we we
1: learn about this dream even though i think he tries to bring it up to the therapist in the previous scene he tries to bring up this moment and the therapist dismisses it remember when he's like because it wasn't "Um, a dream i had that dream again he's like you know basically pushes it away and Forces him on this other track, but yeah, it's him in the bathtub again. This is like oh, his that's right. place.
0: It's, yes, that's true. One little Easter egg I want to mention that was on the phone, because we get to see yeah. who his calls were to it was his therapist, his mom, and movie phone. And this is twenty twenty one, and movie phone. Who still calls uh, the movie theater? Yeah, the Zenials was something you used to you'd call to find out show times. Um, yeah. That hasn't been around since that- twenty fourteen. Yeah, it was
1: that, or look it up in the paper, and that just seemed like, uh I gotta find it in the paper, and then <laughs> yeah. actually I have to like squint my eyes to figure out the show times and oh, where it's playing. What we had to yeah. live through, I know. To know
0: how many movies we could hop in yeah. a single day, my goodness. Right. Uh, so we really right. that was like... one of the funniest scenes, was the tub scene.
1: Yeah. Yes. And then, okay, so he pops out of the tub completely naked, and instead of grabbing any clothes, he runs out of his building on the broken glass. He steps on the broken glass, completely <laughs> naked and barefoot, down to the street, and this is where, this is the police scene that I think
0: you were alluding to. do the yeah. make me do it! not make me do it! Well, what's injured. interesting is, okay, okay, the policeman oh. does have a plausible reason to be yes. scared of him, because as we learned uh, earlier on this, <laughs> this little TV segment, there is this character <laughs> out there, the, the Birthday Boy Stabber, something The along Birthday those Boy Stabber, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, this older homeless man who stabs people while being completely naked. And they describe him as, like, an uncircumcised man.
0: (laughs) The birthday boy stab man. (laughs) We we learned about him on the news, and then they said, uh, upcoming on the news, the next segment was dead and pregnant? Uh, but, but anyways, described... yeah, so he runs up to the cop naked. Yeah. The cop is obviously, like, flirting with a
1: hooker, right? Yes, uh, yes. In this part of town, I'm imagining, yes, she's a sex worker. Yes. And He's about to get shot. Yes. But also, um, the most vulnerable you can be. You're completely naked. You're running for your life because you just wrestled with a man in your own home. And then you, she were so scared. She ran into the street naked, and the police. You're like, "Oh my God! There's a police! What are the chances that there's a policeman there? He pulls his gun on him." And Bo is at a point now where he's so scared he, he can't even like, you know, reason with this police officer. He takes off. And then he it's gets by hit a by car. a truck. No, nah, no, it's a truck. It's it's a super truck,
0: I'll, right? She it's, has a soup business, and, which is another like water based warm liquid sort of thing going on there.
1: Correct. and, and there's one man that Bo is clearly always afraid of the tattooed man who says everything is too warm. So when he gets soup earlier when Bo's coming home, he um
0: oh, right. he the tattooed that it's man, too hot. Who also very clearly is a employee of his mother. Because we yeah. see him on that poster at the end that's kind of like almost like a shining yeah. moment where you realize, oh, yeah. wow, all these people are yeah. are in on it.
1: So that, that truck has to be, yeah, a uh, Mona Wasserman, MW, you
0: know, it service does. as well.
1: well yeah, and... that's what
0: I find interesting is, yeah, we're going to start to move to part two here, which is going to involve yes. Grace, who, was, who hit him with the truck. Yeah. Um, so let's just do it. Yeah, let's just, let's just jump into yeah. his awakening awakening in tony's bet and tony is the daughter of grace and roger who are perfectly cast nathan lane is nathan lane
1: uproarious in this and cracked me up so many times when he kept saying my man
0: and my man my dude (laughs) my dude you gotta take your pills my dude oh my god it doesn't feel like nathan lane and it it is it's so great um but yeah that's what that's what i was getting at is Please. they're both clearly working for Mona too but you can tell that yeah. Grace is not necessarily comfortable with this right because he wakes up there they're taking care of him they're ultimately there to see how long he will allow himself to be delayed before he gets to his mother's funeral right because right. he wakes up and then you have this hilarious memory of him being stabbed where you actually see the oh birthday God, boy yes. man stabbing him in yes. his hand and right. Well, we didn't gut. see that
1: part we see him get hit by a truck but what we don't see is that while he was on the ground the other naked man is like straddling him <laughs> stabbing him in the stomach ah uh, yes uh, um, insult to injury but injury they're so the
0: loving and caring of him to a sick degree they put on this essentially what turns out to be a tracker a GPS device on his leg that it's like impossible to take off um, Yes,
1: but they lie to him and they say it's like a health monitoring right well, at, you, at your
0: ankle like, yeah he, <laughs> so all um, the places to monitor your health significantly though Nathan Lane's character Roger is a surgeon so it does account yes. for how it is even humanly possible for Bo to you know a survive all the stabbings and then go on to you know run through the woods like he does later and yeah, do all these also, uh, pretty physically intensive things despite having right. his
1: gut stabbed right they 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 um, not only soak him up that they they start medicating him like when they sit down to dinner they all take their pills they're all medicated right. it's like it's it goes with each meal and um yeah I think you're right I think Grace Grace um genuinely cares about people and taking care of people and we learned that they had lost their son a war hero and I think you know Grace has that motherly instinct right. to want to help. Bo and take care of him and also feel bad for him in this situation because she is a mother.
0: And yes, Roger he's doesn't... essentially her uh, makeshift son here in this moment, right? She he's, yeah. she has a yeah. second chance now with Bo, even though she is duping him, in a way. Uh, yes. She writes the note to him, don't incriminate don't yourself. Incriminate and at your the time, self. we didn't know that the mom was still alive, so I was really confused by that, but obviously right. now we know that she was letting him know vaguely that there are implications to what you do right now as yeah, your
1: mother is listening even though we didn't even know that we knew that there's there's a channel on the TV that is monitoring everything which is another crazy Ari Aster moment where he's both able to manipulate time in this moment where he yes can re- that rewind.
0: was and then also fast-forward we see him um, on, the other other the on the boat yeah. at the end yeah. It, it, yeah that that was very strange uh, I guess in a sense it's it was all planned out right um in the same way we, we mentioned mona is like god she knows what what happened and what's going to happen yeah. she's predestined she's you know predestined all this it's yeah he, he doesn't a, have free will
1: correct and it's also ari aster is a filmmaker loving to play with us because it's basically his version of the, the quilt in *Midsummer* oh, that true. shows you yes, exactly what happens right. from beginning to end. It's it's a really interesting thing to do is like add these Easter eggs of like, oh, this is where this story's going. Um, I'm just messing with
0: you the entire time. And, and it just points to his knowing his films are like infinitely rewatchable, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna pick up too. other things exactly. each time um uh so we can't we can't skip his uh conversation with dr cohen so he's like i gotta get home but he didn't know for sure because he thought it maybe was a dream that his mom was dead but he gets confirmation from it's her lawyer right 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 it is um dr
1: cohen is basically guilting the hell uh -uh. out of Bo, and nobody
0: knows that better than richard kind my god
1: Oh, I know, and this is such a hard <laughs> scene to watch because there's also... Um,
0: Jeeves uh, in the background uh, going crazy. Jeeves running
1: around in the background, rolling around, uh, um, Playing war, re-acting. essentially. Yeah. But and, and thinking it's real. Dr. Cohen, see, in this moment, we don't know also that they know exactly what happened to, him, to Bo. They know that he was hit by a car. They, they know that he's being held up, and he's just guilting him like, come on, You've got to be here. We yes. can't bury your mother until you're yes. here. Yes, emphasizing how there's it is,
0: too, for Jewish heritage to bury their dead ASAP, right? So and he, then is, he uses this, this hilarious line, outrageously delayed! Yeah, <laughs> outrageously delayed. Twice, he <laughs> uses it at the end, too. It just so, it got me.
1: And that's where where Bo's, like, I, I got to get home, and then Roger and Grace start kind of messing with him and you're know, like well we we can't take you home today we could take you home tomorrow Brave. and then you know then tomorrow comes and he's like mm, I got all these surgeries yeah. got to move them grace's got to go to work and man they're messing with him but that that scene at that dinner table where um grace is is hesitant to even give the the tea or whatever yeah. that is more warm With water mm-hmm. warm water to uh to Bo because she knows what's really going on and, that, and then this moment will then come out later as more evidence that Bo had every opportunity even though it wasn't an opportunity because they're guilting him and like oh I could move things to today and then I could drive you do you want me to drive you and then it's like Come on, and he, he's that just is... paralyzed
0: by by fear, insecurity, inability to decide, right? And yeah. these are the moments that his mom exploits then later when he's on, on trial, and that specifically, yeah. where Nathan Lane kind of gives him, like, ten seconds to decide whether or not... Yeah. ...he needs to go right in this second or not. Um... It's just it's so well thought out. only yeah. So just, like, Mona's master plan is just is gorgeous. But let's not negate uh, the daughter, Tony, Tony yes. is completely neglected by her own parents uh, because of the dead son. All they care about is the dead, and they neglect her in the process, which pisses her off enough so oh, that they yeah. give her room to Bo, which didn't make any sense before you know that, essentially, they're being paid by Mona to and that the other bedroom is the the dead hero son's room
1: that we can't change anything and not only do they neglect tony they heavily medicate her so much where i think she's you know taking it upon herself to just you know self-treat her she basically eats these pills like they're candy
0: yes um and then obviously we see her later smoking um in enforcing bo true. to smoke and three then there's a really funny says. moment because they <laughs> essentially threaten him with the charges of uh, like that he sexually assaulted them right. to force him right. to smoke and then he has what's in it and she says there's three things <laughs>
1: <leave them>. yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, all
0: right what are those things
1: and then and then bo um like every other scenario in his life, he needs to question whether or not this will kill him. He says, Well can you die right. from this? <laughs> Am I gonna die? <laughs> and then he gets really, really high and they make him hold it in even longer, which yeah, he he gets really high, so much so where he, they they drive or basically just drive him around the block. Yeah, and then
0: he's back inside. And then um Roger and Grace come home. Yes. Uh when he gets high, don't we get some scenes uh, there flashing back to the youth? Oh, or... you're right. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. can't remember which ones were, were those. Was uh, that the one where we see the bathtub and where we see his, what we find know, out later, I... is a twin brother um, I th- who does stand I up to the mother who th- get think... put up into the attic? Is that not when we see that? Or no, is this just this more some... Cruise flashbacks? I think this is Cruise stuff
1: is what okay. I was, was going to say. I think we, we meet Elaine here. We meet Elaine... Um, who is this This other child, which looks like this is a cruise for, um, I, I don't want to say the elderly, because Mona isn't, but it seems like everyone here, it might be above 50 at least. Yes. So Bo and Elaine are the only kids, so much know. where um, it's obvious when Mona's like, oh, hey, look, another kid at the ice cream.
0: And that's a little too convenient. That's what I was uh, asking earlier, or what I was yes. alluding to I earlier. I know exactly what you're talking is about. Is Elaine, pressured to Has. do this as a child, right? That was my question to too. F-
1: Has Elaine always worked for the mother?
0: Yes, and because the way her mom acted, it, it just seemed like the mother of Elaine could have been an actress within the movie, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. It was just it was it was fascinating to then look back and see how much of this was planned because this was when she told Bo. Bo, you can't have sex because your dad died when he conceived you at yeah, the same time yeah. introducing him to this girl that he obviously does then kind of fall in love with in that moment, as we see. Right. Um, and then she says, wait for me, wait for me. And then ultimately he does end up waiting for her until <laughs> yeah, consummating that, that, you know, the age of, what, 48 do you think he is, I think? 47,
1: I think he's... 47. Uh, you know what? There's a really great Easter egg... Um, and I'm gonna come right back to this cruise ship in a moment, but there's a really great Easter egg later on when Bo's at his mother's house, and it says, you know, MW, um, protecting you since, it's like, almost like a security thing, um, protecting you for X amount of years, you right. know? Oh, and the tag and, and that, that was perfectly safe.
0: Which yes. obviously you've never seen. Bo's age.
1: That was Bo's age. Ah, got
0: it. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, the reason I question Elaine was because we're learning now that Bo's father died during sex. Is this another way of telling or teaching Bo at a young age not to have sex? To wait for me, to wait for marriage, to wait for basically however long the mom can push sex off from him and scare him into it uh, or, or away from it and then the mother perfectly comes and snatches Elaine out of the room the other disturbing thing is
0: that um Mona and Beau share a bed yes it's it's a very creepy like incestuous sort of relationship and that's what's so yes. weird though at the end when she's making it clear i never loved you i they they're just tit for tat trying to hurt one another constantly and yes. then demand each other's presence uh, do you
1: think do you think um Elaine showing Bo the dead body in the pool, which was another just ridiculous moment where she's bound pounding on the doors like, "There's a dead pool. There's a dead man in the pool." It was just another thing to just show Bo like the reality of death. It, it yeah, was I think like she the tied mom.
0: death with romance again. Yeah, right. Yeah, because uh, his mom, mom makes it was so like clear.
1: thing the mom put on like. Layered it all on the same time. I'm going to tell you how your father died, I'm gonna introduce you to a girl that you might fall in love with, if not I have already fallen in love with, and then I'm also gonna show you a dead body. This is like, I'll just brainwash, and
0: yeah, I don't know. Which interestingly though, because if, normally the water is the safe space for Bo, right? Right. But then right. you have this she's dead a, body, at the same time she's kinda of like trying to push her bird out the nest, baby birds will fly sort of thing, then to yeah, have that dead body swim. there. Right, um. But yeah, there's a and, lot going on on that cruise on ship. On the
1: water, they're on a boat. Troop. On the water, and there's it, it, yeah, it, it's it's tricky. It's
0: um, just the nature of that I've never been on a cruise, but just to like be so separated either. and so like isolated from everything—that's what she wants. She just really, wants to keep yeah. him all for herself and not share him at all. And what I thought was another fun little Easter egg is he's reading as a kid on the book this uh this novel called A Big Mistake. The Treehouse gang comes home, which obviously is like a Hardy Boy sort of thing. And yeah, yeah. Like what do they learn? So he's a big mistake for him to go home, too. Yeah, line in the film. So, uh,
1: that's amazing. That's so
0: that that's all very interesting because I was thinking
1: the same thing that maybe Elaine, because even later he's like, she works for you, it, it's, right? It's like Bo trying to figure out, like, has she always, like, was this ever real?
0: Um, I don't know. When we get to that Elaine scene um, in the final part, there's something else I want to like toss out there that's a little as ludicrous as him dying as a baby, sort of thing. But I want to go really uh, quick back to the end of part two, where we have uh, Tony really getting frustrated with Bo to the point that Jeeves then attacks him in the living room. (laughs) And it's so funny because Roger's all like, oh, he's going to be embarrassed
1: in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, 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 he just needs his medicine. He, he,
0: uh, even though Tony was like telling uh, Jeeves. Right, she was inciting it. Yeah. Um, but then we got to talk about how part two ends, which is such an intense scene. Um, maybe one of the most intense scenes for me, when Tony drags him into her dead brother's bedroom and, and she says, demands he gets fucked with up me. with her. <laughs> like, I'm not asking anything from you, except all you I want you to do is just get fucked up with me. And she's trying to yeah. get him to drink paint. Uh, uh, and it, it was it was pink. It was no, it was blue paint, right? She drinks the blue paint. She was smearing pink paint on the walls, walls trying to like was, emphasize was your daughter should mean as much to you as your son does. And uh, she paints out the letters "bow." She writes "bow" on the wall.
1: Just um, like almost just like and in, in, in like implicating that he did it. And then okay. she says, "Drink this paint with me," <laughs> and she chugs it. And yeah, and that's when Grace turns. Yes, that's like, where she turns. I, because yeah. Grace
0: cares more about the dead than the living, right? Exactly. Uh, is exactly. what's been established in this. So now that her daughter is dead, she actually cares about her daughter where she wouldn't give so, two shits about her prior.
1: So he jumps through the door, the <laughs> glass door, and just takes off. And then, like, so now we know he's got glass stuck in him, but then he runs right into a tree branch. It's like,
0: man, yes. But yeah, I, I loved yeah. Amy Ryan's delivery of... Because she Rant then gets <laughs> six Jeeves on him, and similar to how Tony did, yeah. tear him to shreds. And then you just see him start to run. Uh, yeah. He's just... horrifying. Jeeves is scary as hell. And they let us know at some point that he killed his own team. He killed his when own When he platoon, was over at war. Which yeah. there's a good chance he killed Grace and Roger's son. Yes, exactly. There is a very strong so chance. So,
1: so there's this weird thing where they they've brought Jeeves with them. I'm almost thinking that he's just another prisoner too that they're keeping under medication, like you kill their son. This is almost like a way of oh, not, not just revenge, but of also sort. just a way of controlling the situation. Right. And I don't know. That that's a that's a really strange addition to the whole story is Jeeves. Yeah, but there, there there, could be there could be, I feel like you know, Jeeves is the only one
0: that potentially was not being paid by Mono it, Jeeves and Correct. Tony probably
1: I don't think Jeeves could control much except for whatever Roger tells him yes but I also think there's probably some really amazing symbolism here about how America treats its soldiers when they return home yeah. and PTSD and medication and like like the
0: yeah. veterans affair you know how they just yeah don't they gotta you yeah. gotta get the parents of an affluent platoon mate to take care of you afterwards. Yeah, that's right, a really interesting right. point. Uh, yeah. let's move on to part three, uh, which okay. is a very different sort of business than the rest of the film. Um it where sure we meet the orphans of the forest. Yeah. Yeah. And he happens uh, upon essentially a troop of actors who are kinda all these it's the misfit toys, right. if you will, um, who put on these really elaborate Lays in the woods for each other,
1: and yes, they do, and they wear masks. And this is the moment of the film where I'm really thinking Arias double downing, like just doubling down on Greek tragedy. Yeah, um, yeah. The story in itself, Bo on these adventures, is kind of like the Odyssey in a weird way, Absolutely. where he's out, you know, visiting different characters. The, um, the theater uh, in the woods, I think, is a representation of um, the life that Bo could have had if he had gotten away from his mother. Like he, you know, there's the play within the in, in the movie here that um, the man breaks a chain and he's able to go off and live a life, and right? Have a family, exactly. Come across a town that welcomes you; it feels like home, and then. Um, I mean there's a, there's a lot going on here and i'm not there, I'm probably... there's so
0: much and, and i did know yes. when i left because it, it's it's beautiful um but it is a three hour long movie right yes. if you were to cut anything out of a, a particular part i feel like maybe this was the part i mean granted those yeah. the, the that middle to late act is always kind of hard uh and I thought visually yeah. he was doing such amazing things, but I feel like maybe it was a little too long. I mean, I like you said, I get exactly what you're saying. I got that pretty early, but to me, it was kind of beating a dead horse at some point. I agree. Um, I agree. It was still beautiful. I loved it. It was. If you're gonna cut anything out, I feel like you did. Got you got to crunch that part down a little bit because yeah. you're right. It was like the, his fairy tale life that. At the end, we realize he could never have had because he's never had sex. His his sons, when he meets his sons again, after being um, swept away by a a terrible storm and separated from them, finds them again years and years later, and then realizes, oh, wait a minute, you can't actually have been my sons because I can't have sex, and that's kind of when we get plunged back into reality, and we realize that, you know, this was not only a play within a movie, but a hallucination within a play within a movie sort of thing. Right, And right. then we I get mean, to there's... meet the very strange Morgan, right? Wasn't that guy's yeah. name, Morgan? Is this who he
1: thinks is his father, that yes. character?
0: There's yeah. this very strange looking fellow played by Julian Richings, is only called Strange Man I guess in the cast, uh, who very interestingly kind of approaches him saying that he knows, his, he knew his dad, his dad's still alive. Um, and he worked for both of his dad and his mom. But he says because they owed them money, right? He says, uh, yeah, I had to do some work because I owed uh, the Wasserman, like. Yeah. Uh, and then he sort of like creeps backwards, realizing he shouldn't have said what he said and bows off. Right. Does that mean, wait a minute, are you You're... my. And yeah. then enter yeah. At... Jeeves. Good. The... Oh, Jeeves <laughs> just storms in. Jeeves who throws that knife
1: just oh my, right oh yeah, hit the, the lead. guy oh, on stage.
0: stage. So there, there is something I, I
1: wanted to question really quick before we, we go into this Jeeves scene here is that this entire movie, Bo has been carrying this little figurine around with him. Right. And he gives it away to this woman who basically saved
0: him. Penelope finds even, him in the woods, and she's a yeah. pregnant woman as well.
1: She's pregnant, and I really thought this this um this this whole scene here was very also religious. And I think the figurine kind of represents the Virgin Mary the way she looked. Yes. Uh, there's also that s- very similar statue outside of Mona's like identical. house, identical, creepily. But then there's this whole idea that, and you're like, why would you the Virgin Mary? Because the Virgin Mary, you know, was um uh impregnated you know um by the Holy Ghost yes right so you have Penelope who's pregnant you've got these three boys who are saying um but how could you be our father if you had never had sex and was this supposed to just all be about how Mona basically is saying how sex is evil But in the Bible, they they had to disguise it by the Virgin Mary having been immaculate conception. And and there's all these things here that kind of get thrown away. No, you're absolutely right. That
0: kind of makes him like a Jesus figure himself if he is born of Mono without a father.
1: Right. And Penelope shows up with no significant other. That's true. Maybe some actor in the troupe. (laughs) But I I don't know. I've gotten questions all about that. Um, I think that the scene where he's hugging his boys, like, oh, my boys, my right. sweet boys, went on for so long, <laughs> where he's yeah. kissing them and Frank, they're like, oh, "Thank I was you. looking for it you." Did, like, oh it my did. god! Did. I'm, like, oh. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. Right. Wrap it up. We act three. I was I'm, the one I'm, that was this, a little too fat. Yeah. At this moment, I'm just waiting. Any second, we know Jeeves is going to arrive. Yes, exactly. He's going to just. Rip him apart, and he makes it clear that he's
0: following the tracker too. So he's smart enough to like still be able to you know do these tech things despite seeming totally out of his skull. Well, all Um, he knows is murder, right? That's the only thing that that he was almost programmed by the
1: military the same way Bo is programmed by his mother to just fear everything. All he knows is killing, and that's what he does. He shows up, except there's the one guy who's controlling like the that like weird sound like the drone
0: yeah. he's got there's a gun in there and he <laughs> yeah. pulls the gun out <laughs> yeah, there. like cute rainbow <laughs> throw, and then he just rips out a handgun um it's and like then, they're prepared for this at any time yeah, jeeves falls on his own machine gun shooting himself i, I know i through. thought he was dead then we find know that he's right. not it was so but confused he shoots him the guy
1: behind him he's got this gun shooting
0: <laughs> so just so comedic himself. it was Jesus. you know I mean the our darkest darker, moments when he was selling this really pitched it as a comedy nightmare, you know, and that's yeah. this is kinda oh, what you yeah. got that seemed so unrealistic what was happening, but at the same time it was so horrific and um arguably triggering when he comes in there shooting, like as we have a mass shooting oh, yeah. here occurring and this is something that's uncomfortable for everybody. Um so it was legitimately scary, but at the same time, you have these moments where he is falling on his own gun, shooting through his shoulder to the guy who's dressed up like Shakespeare behind him. You know, he's yeah. wailing like Kermit the and way then, he's getting shot.
1: And then here's here's the thing, and I know a lot of movies do this they they make this they make this journey seem impossible, right? It's like the same thing in planes, trains, and automobiles. Where like you just can't, whatever you do, you can't get home. And then after this tragedy, Bo just finally gets a car ride and just drives him right up to his door. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Why was that so easy? Why was that part so easy? And the the thing that really, this, now we're breaking into like the fourth. Yes, we're entering part four here. We're entering part four where he's coming, and it looks like they're, they're, they were sitting Shiva and then like there's that truck that says like Shiva Steve's or something right. like, like that. And like, they're, they're for basically, the yeah, they're, they're striking the party. It's almost like they knew he was coming and they're like, and, and action, like rip it all down. This, this was so bizarre to me because we, we were in this massive home. Bo is just almost acts like he's never been here. It's almost like whatever that story we just learned in the third act about finding a home that feels familiar. Bo walks into what should be a house he grew up in, I don't know, and feels like a stranger. And he's looking at all of his mom's accomplishments. We see the sign I mentioned. We see this weird spot that says this is where the chandelier fell and killed him. <laughs> like a plaque for Like a it. shrine. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and then he sees that thing, I don't know if this is before after he takes that nap. He sees the, the the all the employees on the wall, and Nathan Lane is in in the photo. Nathan too, Lane's like, all there. These...
0: Parker Posey's there. The yeah. tattooed guy is in that photo as well. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Yeah, we do see her body laying in the casket without the head too. Without or the we head, think yeah. is Mona's? Does he give any sort of clue that he knows that that's not her body in that moment? Because he not claims he moment. does to no. her face later when she's like, "You right. didn't. You thought I was dead." And you did all this, and he's like, "No, I knew, I knew, I knew," but it wasn't clear to me that he, anything clicked with him when
1: he looked now, at the body. No, if anything, I think as an audience, we, we're still supposed to believe like he thinks this is his mom because he finally feels like he can rest. You know, like he he sits down and like is, for the first time in a long time, he's like, "I'm gonna sleep on my own
0: terms." Or right? it could be that he's relieved that she's not dead. I I prefer yours, I hope that it goes in that direction, that he's finally liberated, but based on how distressed he is about what has happened to her, it could be like, oh, she's alive, everything's good. But I don't Don't think he then would then go ahead and uh, when Elaine shows up to pay her respects late, very suspicious, and then they recognize each other and then go and do the deed on her bed, on the mom's uh, bed. Would right? he do that if he thought she was alive? I don't feel like he would.
1: No, I don't think so either. I think he would be like, "Well, where is she?" Right? And then the mom claims to. It, well, God, this fucking sex scene when when Bo when Bo finally climaxes. This is the first time, assuming in his entire life, that he's ever ejaculated. What he says something like. um... I really thought I was gonna die
0: my whole life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's this hilarious which is moment. is interesting
0: because it's the act of like life too. That which brings life to him also represented death. And then when it didn't. Well, it-, it killed Elaine. Okay, yes. This is a very grotesque moment because she yes. has shredded him after playing You'll Always Be My Baby by Ma- Mariah Carey a couple oh, times. Two times, <laughs> starts um, it over. <laughs> But then she's on top of him, completely frozen, like in a yeah. weird way. And yeah, here's my other like off-the-wall theory: Mortis kicks in, like boom. That's why I'm, this is based on Mona's uh, capacities and having a whole conglomerate behind her. Could Elaine have been some sort of robot?
1: Is the it, way oh, she this is one of those.
0: was not human. No, that was it wasn't not human. And granted, there's a lot of surreal stuff that happens in here and maybe we could just chalk it up to that. But, it almost makes me think that maybe Mona has the capacity. These these people are synthetic it, hey. people that she can puppet. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's I don't know. the wall one. Just based on the freeze, though. I know. I
1: know. It's... I don't know. I almost feel like for comedic value, it's just funnier that she froze. Yeah. Like it that. Is very weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was fucked up. And <laughs> you would just see Bo like Labby's like, actually like, like, oh my God, I didn't die. And then they do that reverse shot of her. And it's like, we have to know that she's dead. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the, the most disturbing part is that I think Mona watched the entire thing absolutely disgusting yeah Which she's is disgusting
0: the devil more than God almost in yeah, a way it's like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a Lucifer's trial almost than anything <clears throat> yeah so she ultimately gets a couple of her underlings to come and take off out Parker Posey's body Elaine's body uh, yeah, like... it, it doesn't move at all it's still ridiculously frozen it just threw me off that part. Just like boggled my mind more than anything. Just the whole the freezing stuff that I, went on.
1: I agree. I agree because not only was she like frozen on him, she was in that same position on the ground. Yeah. Yes, maybe, maybe Mona gave her something else like a drug.
0: Maybe. Yeah, that is that's possible. That yeah. definitely is. Um, but yeah, let, let's uh, let's jump to then the big reveal, right? Mona's back. She's going to chastise him, obviously, for doing the dirty in her bed. How could you? How could you hurt me like this? Blah, blah, blah. And then out comes the therapist, and Bo finally realizes that she has been masterminding everything, Um, and he's about to leave. He's about to have agency and actually leave when she sucks him back in by... Baiting him with, you really want to know, know who your your father really was? Yeah, yeah. And in this moment, that she's also playing parts like, what was my
1: favorite memory from your sessions? Oh um, yeah,
0: yeah. While the therapist is just smiling creepily, like a robot might. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, something just popped in my head too. There's there's a moment where this was going all the way back to. Being with Grace, and when they hand when they hand Bo the phone, he says, "Oh yeah, I, I I know his number. My mom made me memorize it. Do you remember that? Actually, you cut out for a second. Do you mind repeating that? Oh, sorry. Um, there's a moment when Grace lets Bo call um Richard Kind's character. Yes. And it, it, it do you remember? He says, "My mom made me memorize his number." made me what the number i don't know for some reason memorize it memorize yes yes he had to memorize it and it's things like that like she had had this planned out for so long and it's like now you know when you you cut back to the the therapy session she's been recording all of his sessions so and like probably having them i don't know like broken down and like Queued up in audio form, everything she has done
0: and, and is, is so manipulative. She but has a right, production team, which we find out obviously at the end when we have actual imaging of him in his own apartment, him running outside of his apartment. Right, only place she didn't have any control over him was the forest, right? Right, which is where, yeah, it, he sees a different, you know,
1: a different life. Uh, but yes, so, so. Bo talks about um, he's like I, I I had these these dreams that I had an older brother um, who was like a or another version of me a stronger version of myself and that's when uh-huh. she says you want to know the truth and then she like almost like drags him up to the attic now when we're in the attic because he goes up those those stairs yeah. we see Joaquin Phoenix's Bo or so this is a question where like. Is it him? Is it a vision of himself? Or did he actually have a brother? Kind of reminds me of the Simpsons episode where there's the two Barts and one's up in the attic chained. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bort,
0: um, Bort? Bort, yeah. I think it actually had a twin. I'm running with the twin theory. Okay. Uh, that, because because I've done some reading well... and that's what it seems most people are running with too. It, it, okay. it seems like that is his twin and she he did stand up to her. But... That doesn't explain who, what his father is. Right. Yeah. His father is a giant penis. <laughs> <laughs> and a a penis monster. With this, these weird talent arms, too. Yeah, uh, like praying mantis arms. This sequence is so funny. Oh, oh that's this... interesting. I didn't even think about the praying mantis business because praying mantis women eat their, uh right after sex, eat their right. husbands. That is a I really mean... good point with the praying mantis arms. There's something there for sure. Uh, yeah. But Jeeves, no, yeah, then, yeah, yeah, is yeah. in the window as soon as he's has this revelation that, oh, looks like I got my old uh, twin brother up here that he's been living up here with our dick dad, well, my dad who's a huge dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Literally. Look at Jeeves in the window dick. like a Batman silhouette, right? Yeah, yeah. Bursts Which is, through yeah. it. And goes straight for the wiener, right? Does he, does he try to attack Bo first? He goes straight for the No, I
1: think he sees the penis as some sort of enemy yeah. or something or threatening figure. But it, it, doesn't isn't this whole t- time, like, the penis trying to say, like, Bo? What <laughs>
0: is he trying to say?
1: I think he's saying, Bo? Bro? Bo? <laughs> I swear to you, he's trying to be like, my son, like, I haven't ever met
0: you. Yeah. Uh, so I don't remember that. I was weird. probably laughing too hard at what I was seeing I to be able to even... Because then th- Jeeves is stabbing his balls. Plays <laughs> the right into the go, Ned, too, in a very uh, graphic. But then the know, talent was- comes out, and uh, it reminded me of the scene in Starship Troopers where, uh, you remember the... Uh, oh, yeah. The end I know of starship exactly Troopers, where Right through the head. Steve, uh, who stole Kelly Kapowski from Zach Morris and Stave by the yeah. bell, the actor who played this... This character who also kind of tries to steal Denise Richards then from um, That's right. Johnny Rico. Ultimately, gets Casper stabbed Van by the Dean. brain bug directly into the skull. I just flashed right to that that moment. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what also ran through my head
1: in that moment um, is that right back at the dinner table, Roger tells <laughs> tells Bo he oh, mentions
0: his testicles, the distended balls, They're the, the, the distended descended... stack.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like in this moment when we see this giant penis, I'm like, is there supposed to be a connection here between, or foreshadowing? Foreshadow foreskin, foreshadowing.
0: Uh, this is where multiple viewings need to come in because yes, there's some yeah. sort of like passing, the, sort of back to hereditary sort of stuff, the sins right. of the father sort of thing. You even see it during the sex scene, his distended balls coming out. I
1: know, I know,
0: <laughs> I know. Man, Parker yeah. Posey. I don't have a theory on this one yet, um, but yeah, there's gotta be there's gotta be something to that, absolutely. Uh, but then he comes down. The mom ultimately hits him with "I've never loved you." After like this horrific rant, uh, and Bo finally can't take it anymore and snaps into somebody else
1: for a second. Yeah, he does. Um, and now, now this is another scene where I have to question what actually happens. He. Puts his hands around his mother's throat and he squeezes, but he doesn't do it until she's dead. There's, there's a moment where he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And right. then she still standing. passes out. Does she actually die?
0: No. Well, it's possible. So you're, you're suggesting this last uh, trial in the arena is all of his own sort of like guilt. of is, is he self-trialing, right? Versus she faked it, she faked this death, which I think is very plausible given how much she's faked, and that whole, because yeah. she gasps so ridiculously. If you were yeah. choked out, you wouldn't gasp in, right? No. Because she's I, just I, although, filled I, her lungs with airs of air again, so she should be alive. And there's a good chance it was staged, so that was like sugar glass that she fell into. It, it was- uh, There's
1: another weird moment here that the therapist is there, and then he isn't. Huh. I didn't notice because that. You're right. Uh, I was waiting after she collapses and Bo's about to like take off. I was waiting for the therapist to show himself, yeah. and now I'm wondering,
0: did this scene even happen? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, he could have died so many times. reality could yeah. have diverged from fiction at any time during this entire film, um, right? But I love the end. Uh, so ultimately, he's in shock after what he thinks has killed his mother. That he choked her out and he pops on this boat the boat that we see earlier in the film in the tv that's able to see the future and right. it looks like he's he's just i at first i thought he was going to kill himself really yeah I thought yeah yeah it yeah. was some sort of like suicidal thing but instead he like goes through this tunnel which obviously is kind of like vaginal he's going back into yeah. the womb of sorts for um and then his boat stalls the lights come on he's in this huge arena And up at the top, like, the power position, sits his mother with her lawyer, and there he is in the middle of the water, helpless, and suddenly realizing there was glue on the bottom of the boat, so he can't even get off the boat if he wants to. He's literally stuck, which makes me think, you know, she put glue at the bottom of the boat, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he has this funny 1-800-DEFENCE-LAWYER on the other side, like, down, down, low... Without a microphone, right. the, the trial is clearly
1: uneven, and not fair. Yes, and this was another moment where I I wanted to compare it to Greek amphitheater. You know, like yes, they used to. You know, everywhere I also think we we are the audience. We are in there. There's there's lights being projected in there, almost like a theater projection. And I I kind of believe that Ariaster was like. You kind of you decide you you the audience decide um is is he guilty of not loving his mother did he was he a terrible son and right right i mean everything this woman has done to this man her son
0: was criminal oh yes i mean how, how could you love her after all she'd put him through and obviously as we saw in those ads for like ADHD and pimple cream, she used him. She yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." No, yeah, he, he was he's not getting face. paid, and right. to let him then live in squalor in that apartment too—that's uh, yeah. That's, that's something, something I wanted to I bring up get. as well. Yeah, she lives in this
1: mansion, and he lives in a place where there's, um, oh, above these sex shows, and there's a spider on the loose that could kill him.
0: Here is a direct comparison to Munchausen, though, is because at the end, okay, the engine blows up. He essentially lost the trial, right? As much as he tries to defend all of his reasonable rationalizations about why he did what he did uh, were all, like, legit because they framed it like he gave the porcelain figurine to this slut in the forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, wow, that's a... and that right. that he wouldn't help the homeless man who was only asking for a little help who was literally chasing him like he was gonna tear him apart into his building. Well, yep. yeah he flips over he, he drowns, right? He's back in the womb. Yeah, but it's he... not unlike Munchausen where the mom kills the son. Um, and they both sob afterwards. That's the thing that I missed and I, I read. I didn't realize that Mona was sobbing. After he had finally died in the background almost potentially yeah. regretful of what she'd done to him maybe finally
1: yeah and then he he drowns in guilt right yes yeah it was an up, uplifting romp the yeah. whole thing um, <laughs> I mean but I did love it so that's yeah that's that's the truth is that like as crazy as this story is I loved it I was laughing the entire time where even probably what i shouldn't have been
0: absolutely me too.
1: and i think that's because it was so you know over the top i mean it was very long it was there was times where i'm like
0: like this podcast (sighs) thank you
1: listeners (laughs) yeah 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 this is one of our longer ones we're like (laughs) an hour and 25 right now but um it's because there's a lot to talk about there's a lot to unpack here it's
0: it's loaded um i'm certainly excited for his next one i think it's called eddington perhaps oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we were gonna do we're gonna have to I guess shelve that talk about his future projects I know he's producing yeah. one i had mentioned that irked me a little bit called dream scenario It has Nicolas Cage so I'm a little, little curious about what that's gonna be about um, but I mean there's so much to get out of this movie I would suggest seeing the theater because the visuals are just so out of this world uh, you got any final final I, thoughts? And I mean, I heard that this movie was also shot on IMAX. Like you could see this movie on IMAX. Wow! So if yeah. I was going to do it
1: again, I would. I would probably go back and see it like an IMAX because of some of those beautiful, right, uh, animated acts three like, would be perfect for that. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just think it's it's kind of all, also funny cuz you would never think to shoot this movie
0: like No. Oh, that's another thing uh, I just wanted to talk about the production. Um it's the most expensive A24 movie that they've ever made. It was wow. 35 million bucks, which to me I'm surprised that that would be the most expensive given, you know, right. the budgets you hear for other ones. Unfortunately, uh, it hasn't made a lot of money so far. It made like I know, 3 or 4 million dollars so far. Um but I mean, I don't think really A24 is like, really, that concerned with no banking. This I think movie. they're more in it for the art because I guess they have some strange, mysterious backers, right? A24 they have, to.
1: they have to, and so. they're they've got movies that make money. And yeah. I, I think this, I, I'm not gonna say this was a gamble, I mean, it was probably a gamble financially. I mean, I think that they knew it was a good movie and that it over time it will do well, and especially like 10 20 years from now, people will love this movie, yes. But the thing that, that was, is uh, on them is that they put a Ari Aster three-hour film into the theater that had that level of a budget. Because you know people, based off of his other movies, don't necessarily love him, yeah. but might roll the dice at home. So I, I think yeah. this movie will do well
0: uh, on a demand. On that would be nice to yeah. see it on VOD. Uh, maybe use a different, like, uh, promo yeah, yeah, yeah. image than just the sad sack bow. I think it maybe just needs yeah. to be spun with well, the promo image all that. The
1: different there's the different bows. There's all the different bows now, that's, right? That's, the yeah, I don't mind that one. That, that, yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah.
0: good. Yeah. But,
1: um... At, yeah. I, I The last thing I'll say about this movie is that um, I thought Joaquin Phoenix did an amazing job playing a man-child. <laughs> like, I thought... He, you know, he put on looking look, he put on some weights. Um uh, he was very vulnerable the, the the stuff in the in the bathtub rolling around naked with that other that other man. <laughs> uh I just thought it was uh, a hell of a performance though.
0: Uh yes, I agree. Supposedly that scene where he does run through the glass. They had to do a couple takes on the fir- first one, or one of the best takes apparently, he like he passed out afterwards. <gasps> like there was glass in him. People were oh. T- t- uh, catering to him or tending to him rather so yeah he went he went all out it's like he always he does did. and i didn't have any did. qualms about any retread of the Jokerness, as noted in the last cast it was completely no. its own beast yeah. and i applaud him for it nope he's domped same but, uh...
1: and i hope people see this i hope people see this you may not see it in the theater and if you listen to this you'd probably already saw it right because I right. warned you <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i mean uh what i said last week i'm going to try to be better about this is if if you're on youtube subscribe if you're listening to this on spotify or or apple itunes please give us a review whether you liked it or hated it whatever but um leave a a review and and comment you know (laughs) (laughs) and
0: uh until then stay alive